You're listening to the B-Side Podcast on Brick Radio. If you like what you hear or think there's an artist or band we should have in the studio, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and turn on. What does it look like to be bold, beautiful, and a bit of badass mixed in with some deep soul and a kind heart? Well, if you've been hip to the Brooklyn indie music scene in the past few years or so, you might easily identify her as Ray Six. With a staggering style and a business acumen to match, Ray conjures the fierceness of our foxiest foremothers. Think Donna Summer, think Pam Greer, think Vanity Six. Rest in peace, Denise Matthews. But she definitely has an edge that is all her own. And tonight, she's going to take us right up to that edge and show us what it sounds like to follow your wildest dream and take your greatest leap. Are y'all ready? Yeah. Well, I hope so. I'm your host, Queen God Is, and this is that supersonic sojourn brought to you live, better known as B-Side. Buckle up, Brooklyn, and keep it locked. Is there Burning me up Drifting off to sea Don't wait to run jump right into it. Uh, I first met you probably through a series of Facebook photos, mm -hmm. but we actually met in person for the first time maybe nine years ago mm -hmm. on the set of a commercial, a greater than AIDS campaign, our AIDS awareness, which is an interesting way to meet yeah. as yeah. artists, right? And since then you've had many incarnations. Completely. I want you to take this moment to reintroduce yourself to the world. I am Ray Six and today I am. I am Ray Six and today I am fierce as usual and fabulous and free and I am a songstress and a writer and a lover and a best friend to many and a sister to all. Awesome. Yes. And let's take that electric energy and introduce the band. Introduce the band. So I'm going to start with Miss Lynette who had her mouth closed, honey, while she was singing that opera part. Y'all better get into it. Get into it. And then over here we have the fabulous Henry on keys. We have sexy Sam on guitar. And we have Do It Danny <laughs> on percussion tonight. Hey! This is the band. <laughs> That first song was called Lift, Lift the Sand. Lift the Sand. Yes. 
Uh, I want you to talk about that. You know, in Brooklyn, there's not a whole lot of sand around. So no. let's talk about what that song is about, <laughs> what inspired it. It's my esoteric song. I was in a relationship for like six years and I realized no matter what I was going through in my relationship, I just had to write how I felt. So this song is a representation of just that point in the relationship where the only thing that's holding it up is a grain of sand. Like there's nothing left okay. to it. So it's, a, it's pretty much a conversation between a man and a woman. You know, like, who do you love? Who do you trust? Is there a fire burning me up? Mm -hmm. And it was a question I had to ask myself and I had to get it out. I recorded the song in London with Baby J from okay. Baby, Baby Records, Baby UK Records or whatever. He's worked with Amy Winehouse and things like that. But um, that song came about because I was just having like this troublesome time trying to decide on if this relationship was something that I wanted to be in mm -hmm. anymore. So that was my way of just projecting that emotion because I communicate with my songs mm -hmm. and that was just a communication aspect of it. I was hoping that while I was recording it and writing it, he was listening to it. What's left? Is there a fire burning us up? We were just lifted on a faded gray. Well, if he's sand. listening now, we want to wish him well. Yes, and he's doing For whatever well. part he played yes. in that awesome ass song. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very much. <laughs> and since we went there right away, there was like really no build up to this place. Nope. <laughs> you nope. said one thing that stood out, I think for obvious reasons, is that it was a six year relationship. Yes. So here goes this number six. So for those who are sitting at home or in the audience oh, who just are perpetually wondering about your name or think that it has references to things we may have heard and we do know that numbers have power, and, power. and message and so go for it tell us what so race my means. six I'm into numerology before I ever discovered that six was my number based off of my birthday and things like that I came up with six because I was born on the 15th of the year one in five is six and I was born at 1 32 a.m. 1 32 is six so that's how I got my six and then when I really started reading into it I realized that as a Libra woman in the year that I was born six is my number so it was just a godsend regardless that was an inevitable that that six would come to me mm -hmm. and I went solo I used to do a lot of background work for artists and I went solo and I'm like I need to come up with a name for myself and I got Ray from Regine from when I was in school my name is not Regine okay my schoolmates got my government name and turned it into Regine so I just kept the Ray okay and then I added the six and there you have yeah. it and um, speak going solo I think that that kind of is the transition that a lot of people make into what they call the valley yeah the in-between, the, the shadow place sometimes that is not always glamorous, but it's always necessary. And that said, let us go into song number two, which is called Valley. How old were you when this chose you? I like to phrase it that way because I feel like this is even greater than what we think it is as yeah. practitioners of it. it and so if that, if that is the case, 
let's just give it that power. When, how old were you when this chose you? What was that moment? It was from the moment I could speak. And I know a lot of artists say, oh, I've been singing since I could speak. I literally have been singing since I could speak because of my mom. My mom was like the woman that would get dressed and go to the club and her little sequins and her shimmy dresses and everything. And it was like, she had all of this music, but there were soundtracks to what she did. And I listened to those things. And my mom, it's so funny because she loved music a lot, but she couldn't sing at all. But she would go to work and she would print out because you know you just didn't have printers at home back in the day. But <laughs> she would print out every lyric to everybody's song and she would come in the house with her little green like flip over note whatever it was and she would open it up and start adding her own words and people's lyrics and stuff. So, I'm like, I don't think this is right. But she would be getting dressed and you know working on her lyrics, changing people's words to the songs in the mirror, listening to Anita Baker's and stuff. And I'd just be right behind her singing. I'd be singing, I'd be singing, 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 singing. And then, you know, when I got in grammar school, that's when I learned that my voice could be used to get me places. Okay, because tell us what you mean. In my grammar school, there was a magnet program that you could audition for no matter what grade you were in. And by the time I was in about fifth or sixth grade, I started auditioning for these magnet programs okay. about music and stuff. And I would do it every year, every year, every year. They were like, well, you know, you have to wait till you're in eighth grade, you get into high school, you go into this. But I would audition and then I finally got in eighth grade and auditioned to go to a university choir, half high school, half university choir, where they taught you how to read and write music and how to sing and all of that stuff. So I realized after that, like, oh, I could use this to my advantage to not go to high school oh. for the full day. Oh, I started using <laughs> honey. Honey, it got serious. So that was about 11 years yes, old. Yes, I, I, I would go in. that trajectory started. Mm -hmm. And we want to acknowledge your mom. I mean, hey, it's mom. usually those first moments that either make or break a dream. Yeah. And so we want to give her, her some props. props and some credit. Thank you um, for going so to the nightclub. We're around 11 to 13 years old. Yes. <laughs> Holla to the church that is also called the nightclub for many people. <laughs> All right, moving right along. <laughs> what would that little girl say to you right now? She would say to me, keep doing it. Keep doing it, don't give up. No matter what obstacle comes in your way, keep doing what you love. I love music. And sometimes being in the business of music, the love leaves because you have to deal with so many different people that just make you sick. Okay, so hold that thought. Yes. What would you say to her, 11-year-old you? Say to her. In this moment right now. Keep yeah. singing. To keep singing. Keep singing. And so you both writing. would give each other a similar. Some great advice. <laughs> great advice. Yeah, we would give each other great advice. And I think that that advice between the you that you are, the you that you're becoming, the you that you were, yes. and the, the symbiosis between all of those places is um, the epitome of black girl magic. I'm dubbing this episode Black Girl Ma Magic, in, uh, homage of your mom and yes. the, the younger you, and of this shirt. Yes. If I could, like, if you could describe black girl magic, for me, it would be this shirt right now. It's like totally glittery. I mean, there's a meme that goes around somewhere between glitter and goon. <laughs> You gotta, well, you gotta watch it shine in yes, every direction. Right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what does that phrase, that idea, mean for you? How does it show up in your life? And how would you explain it to someone? Black girl like magic? It? Yeah. Just believing in yourself and even when you're going through hard times, knowing that you are your best. You are your best conqueror. You're the one who's gonna help you solve your problems. There's no outside force that's gonna help you be better than what you can be and what you can do for yourself. Good, so that's the perfect segue into this quote because we're gonna try to do a lot of honoring of the people who've dropped these jewels for that's us. Right. The quote is, caring for myself is not self-indulgent. It is self-preservation. 
and that is an act of political warfare. That's right. And that is Audrey Lauren. That's right. And before we even go into the albums, before we go into the styling and the clothes, let's talk about self-preservation and wellness and what role that plays in how you sing, what you sing, and how you made it today. I think everything always reflects back to my mom. Like she was, she is a strong woman. She's a very strong woman. And she taught me earlier and ahead of time to be independent, almost to the point where like, it was bad, as a bad thing because I really didn't think I could, I wouldn't need anybody, you know? I was just like all race six, all day, even boyfriends, friends, I don't need your advice. I don't need my business partner's advice. And in a sense, that's a good thing because you get to know yourself, you teach yourself, you learn. But then in a sense, you always need some sort of help but my mom taught me to be a really strong, independent woman. So I knew self from the moment I could look in the mirror as a child. Like I do that with me and her in this for the rest of our lives to the moment we die. Well, let's let that resonate a little bit more. Sing a three line love poem to your mom and then let that segue into the next song, which is called I, I Wish. Love I love you, mommy. Let's <laughs> <laughs> nice do this. This is Ray Six, and you are maybe asking, where can I hear that song again? Or just look at some more of her photos, and you can go to raysix.com and find out all you need to know. Please do that. Let's talk about Life of Six. Life of I'm six. gonna preface this by saying, if over the years I collected data of images or ideas that stood out to me about you, just based on our interaction or things I've seen from you on the interwebs, some words would be the pinup calendars, makeup, styling, hair, videos, and cupcakes. Yeah! <laughs> I pay attention. I love it when, you know, someone who you see in one way can like really throw down and do something totally like that you would never guess. Let's imagine that life of six is a meal. What are the ingredients? Ooh. Hmm. Can I say the, the whole meal, not just the ingredients? You, you can she is going to be a blackened salmon that has been marinated for three days, honey. Okay. And with a nice, um, what's those biscuits? The layered, the grand biscuits. biscuits. Oh. She is a grand, she is a grand Pillsbury, Pillsbury biscuit with a spinach and feta cheese, cranberry and almond salad. Okay. She is hearty and healthy. Awesome. And dirty at the same time. Okay. <laughs> now let's translate that for the metaphor impaired. Let's translate that. Let's just give it straight real talk. What is this album? What is it about? You know, what can people expect? This album is a culmination of my love life, my pain, my wants for my family and my mom and my sisters and the people out here in these streets. Um, this album, I think this is one of the best albums that I've ever written, in my opinion. I'm going anywhere from talking about 
my feelings to praying to God for the things that I feel like my friends and my family and my fans need, you know? Because it's not just about me. I think I'm a, I am, I am a vessel for everything that's going on around me. So I'm the voice of not just my generation, but every generation, you know, young and old. Well, we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into that, but we have some songs that we, and people at home are praying mm -hmm. to hear some more. So let's yes. try to get as many songs in and then like as try to can. get as many questions let's in. Let's do it. We're gonna go into the next song, which is called I'm Deciding. Um, Great six, love. everybody. <laughs> this is one of those songs that you make when you're at the end of your relationship and y'all completely broken up. But you know, it's that one moment you're like, should I take him back? Should I take him back? So I had to write it so I didn't take him back. So if I needed to write this song. Forget what you said. You said you hated me for so long. Damn, that's crazy. Let's talk about when things are not so beautiful. When things are not so when beautiful. When I, I had the first time to actually see, hear some of the new material about a year ago in Brooklyn, and afterwards there was like flooding. Yeah. Which we all know about that. I cried. Yeah, you did. I cried. And you know, you, some people can't cry, and yeah. some people cry every day. In many ways, it's necessary. It's the flood that exposes a lot of things. It's the flood that, flood that cleans a lot of things. Let's talk about when things are not so beautiful, when the makeup is off, when the clothes are on the floor, when you can't find the right outfit, when things are not glittery. You know, what were those moments like? How did you make it through that? I had to find myself again, and everything reverts back to this relationship, because it's like you're in a relationship with a person for six years, and you're like, oh, we're getting married, we're gonna have babies, we're buying houses, cars, and we were both musicians, so it was like our life and our business aspect intertwined, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I had to find myself again, because I am a serial monogamist. Okay. I have been in a relationship since my mother allowed it. Mm -hmm. And my relationships last for five to six years, mm -hmm. like all of them. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> if you think about it, that's like most of my adult life mm -hmm. with another individual. Sure. So I mean, even though I'm strong and independent and I know myself, mm -hmm. you kind of mold yourself and what you love and you like based off of this person that you're with. Mm -hmm. So it took a long time for me to get comfortable with my own thoughts, with time, you know, trying to figure out what to do by myself. You know, not the way I think, because I always think for me. I think for us, actually, in a relationship, I'm not gonna lie. For, and when I'm in a relationship, I think as an us, as a we. Mm -hmm. But it took a long time for me to figure out those things that I wanted. And thank God that I have music, mm -hmm. and I have music that can help me release those things and just help me figure out my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well. I think that for some people who think they know you, mm -hmm. or may have been introduced to another version of you, yeah. to hear you, the independent woman, to see you, to take you in that way, and then to hear you describe yourself as a serial monogamous, that may not register yeah. for them. And it's probably because of the one word that would get associated with you a lot. And I actually don't want to use that word. I want use, to use it, a different I word. Know. Well, I'm going to reference the word, but we're <laughs> going to talk about another word, which to me is more important. So the word is sex and sexuality. Yes. Like that's the, 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 this, you know, that's the word that will pop up a lot. But I want to talk about pleasure yeah. instead. There's Joan Morgan, who is a, great thinker, a great mind, made a statement that feminists are kind of allergic to pleasure. And 
this quote is by a mentor, E. Francis White, on how, and it's how Joan Morgan opens her articulation on the politics of pleasure. Morgan contends that pleasure and all the ways it manifests in women's lives must become a feminist priority, particularly for black feminists of color. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about pleasure because I think that when people are introduced to a woman who has a overtly a big relationship with yeah. that idea that there are all these other ideas that may not match yeah. up with what you just described. Yeah. So I want you to talk about that, how that resonates with you, how you claim that, what that means. Just yeah. going. Pleasure, sexualization, that's, I think we look at black women and we just all, always over-sexualize things. And I know early on in my music, I expressed a lot, yes. a lot of my sexuality. And it's because I'm free, like there's nothing wrong with sex. I think in America, we're the only ones that look at sex in, in a very bad way and it shouldn't be like that. Right. Sex is a beautiful thing, you know, when it's done with people that you're into, people that you love. So I express myself like that in a way because it is pleasuring to me. At the time it was pleasure for me. And what about now? Right now, yeah. I'm dating a lot. Okay. <laughs> in case y'all were wondering, yeah. I didn't ask you that, like, girl. <laughs> so I got my pleasure. You know, the pleasure is there. But like I said, it took me a long time to find out what I wanted, what made me happy. Even though in a relationship I found, I, I knew I was an independent woman, it was hard just being by yourself and just sitting with your own thoughts. Now let's talk about some of the complications of that message. So you are you, a human being, living your life. Mm -hmm. You've earned your stripes in a lot of ways. You have ownership over certain things and then maybe people who don't know you or who are watching you or other 11 year old girls who are maybe having that first conversation yes. about their introduction into their, their body. world are watching you what is that conversation how do you own what it is that is yours and that you've earned or what you're exploring and then also facilitate that dialogue for other people who yeah i would say just don't let anybody use you whether it's for sex, your heart, your mind, your soul, whatever it is. Just don't don't let anybody use you because that can cause this ripple effect in the future for you to think everything is bad. Like, as women, we grow up and we're taught, like, it's not like boys. Boys are like, oh, go out there and get these girls, do what you need to do. Girls, you better keep your legs closed. Don't let anybody touch you down there, don't do this. There's more to sex than just here. You know, there's an intimacy of opening yourself and letting people get to know who you are as an individual. And that's the thing, just make sure you let people know who you are as an individual in any relationship that you're dealing with. So the message here is to learn yourself. Be mm -hmm. present to it and find your own ways to preserve it, but also to be free with it. And if you want to go any deeper with Dr. Ray, you can do that another time. But what we're going to do right now is go into another song. And thank Ooh. you very much. <laughs> I tell you everybody
into this song talking about the 11 year old girls, the, the young women who may engage in a dialogue with you that you're not even privy to and how that can be complicated. Um, but also acknowledging that whether you intend to or not, that we all in some way influence each other. So we talked about how we're accountable to that, but also how we how we handle that in whatever way, shape, or form. Let's talk about who influences you. Well, I want you to name drop. I want you to talk about the local artists, and then I want you to talk about the bigger name artists who have really <laughs> contributed to all that Racex is, and all who they are, and why. I've always watched you online before we met, and I was just so amazed by your voice and the things that you were right. You stood up for yourself, and you stood up for women, and I appreciated that. You are one of them. I didn't expect that one. Yeah. <laughs> you are one of them. Kimberly Nicole. Kimberly Nicole, yeah. she is bringing that black rock to the masses because people forgot where rock and roll came from. And she's definitely reminding them. <sighs> Treasure Empire. Shout out she to Treasure Empire sitting in the front row. My friends if are great. If you didn't great. say it, I was going yes, to. <laughs> my friends are great. Treasure inspires me. Treasure, <sighs> girl, your transformation, honey. Yes. Sitting. <laughs> and for those of you who think we're getting a little too personal, we're really not. I do this name dropping on purpose yeah. because we hear the same names over and over, over. And over. But it's really these people who are doing the like groundwork in yes. the trenches yes. who have been on to songs like maybe even Formation before mm -hmm. it was like done in that scale. Like they're, we're not talking about it. I'm just saying <laughs> that. We, there, there are people who are doing these kinds of things that influence us that and you never hear here. them. So I do this intentionally so that the audience can go home and do research on this and be exposed to something I'm inspired new. by every woman in my life. We are some strong estrogen-filled people. Well, I feel like we estrogen and testosterone. We got a good balance, balance of it. Yeah. We got a really good balance And, and of speaking it. of balance, let's segue into some of the men who, who have influenced you. And let's start with Prince. I think, you know what's so crazy about that? <laughs> Prince does not influence me. Okay, good. Now that we have like, that clear. Like, <laughs> I've never said anything about Prince and anything. It's just people you know started calling funny. me the female version of Prince. It's Why? Because I had light-skinned dancers. Oh. <laughs> no, wow. seriously. No, so for real. So we have to reach another level no, of this conversation. No, for real. Right? For so, real. Which is, I think, a perfect segue, right? So we already have these echoings of Vanity Six. Mm -hmm. Again, acknowledgement to Denise Matthews, and I imagine that was a very interesting life, yeah. right? And then that transitioned into Apollonia Six, yeah. which there was a lot going on yeah. there. So we're making these associations. Because of the six. Because and of the six. The six and the fact that I had these light-skinned bubble girls. And people were like, oh, she's the female version of Prince. And that was cool because he's an icon. He is yes. a great writer, producer, singer, everything. But I wasn't influenced by Prince. I love Purple Rain and I love the song Adore. Like, but he was not a big part of my life. Okay, good. At so all. now that we have that clear, let's yeah. go to the next song because. Um, but let me uh, just shout out Michael McDonald real quick because well, I love him. Oh, Michael I love McDonald. him. I yes. love Michael McDonald. And we, we, we do want to blow kisses. We blow kisses to Prince. We do. We do blow kisses to Prince. <laughs> this song is called Dear God, basically, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> to see another day. Sorry I've been smoking so much, but it takes the stress away. God bless the universe and all those close to my heart. Give me the strength to move forward with this eye. Protect my family. Send my mom the man that she needs. After my sisters and knees And keep my brothers safe in these streets Dear God, I'm calling on you
In the boxes that people put artists and women and human beings, we shouldn't be friends. I was always, I'm the African one, you're the shiny, sexy one. Oh, yeah? And, and, and you know, I, I love it when we get to shatter all of that. Because whatever's written is written. No whatever's written what is written. People around you. And whoever you're supposed to be, you're yeah. going to be. Speaking of throwing out prayers, we want to shout out Kim Knox, who is your manager of you, Ticket Worldwide. And we want to shout out your family and community who has supported you through the beautiful part, but also through the ugly yes. parts. And there will be more of everything. And so we shout you out to continue taking that ride with you. I want to ask you very, very, very quickly, there's one thing, one action that you want the audience to take after they leave here, the audience at home and those in, in here in the studio. What would that one action be that would help them support you as an independent artist in the next level of your career? Just always listen out for what I'm coming with. And I support you, you support me. Just keep continuing to be who you are because I'm gonna exist as well as you, so we're not going anywhere. We aren't. We're not going nowhere. How's that? Write down your thoughts. I know we are so caught up on computers and technologies and our cell phones and things like that, but pen and paper still exist. Write down your thoughts. Write down your thoughts. Write down your thoughts. Be free. Be yourself. Follow her music. That said, part grit, part grace, and all boss. I'd like to thank my powerhouse friend, Ray Six, and her salacious band for transporting us to a soulful and sexy place, reminding us of the kind of music that may have been responsible for many of us being here today, if you know what I mean. And even more than that, Ray, for reminding every artist out there to keep creating, to honor your pain and your pleasure, to find your truest song and to sing it loud and to never ever stop. For those of you at home who are moved and want more, you can catch past episodes of B-Side on our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at B-SideBK. I am your host, Queen God Is, and not only does good music still exist, but it inspires, it transforms, and it uplifts. We love you, Brooklyn. Till next time. The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Cole, Roe Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by O'Neill Mulet and edited by Emily Bogosian. For more information on B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio.